0: Welcome to this Maples Group Tax and Coffee podcast, a series where we discuss EU and international tax developments. I'm Andrew Quinn. I'm head of tax at Maples Group, and I'm joined today by Will Fogarty, who is a tax partner with the Irish law firm. We're going to discuss a significant new development in Ireland, proposed new withholding tax for payments from Ireland to zero tax Jurisdictions. It's significant for Ireland because we are, of course, a globalized open economy, a major investment hub by the rest of the world into the European Union, and many international investors, particularly the US, structure and centralize their investments through low tax jurisdictions. Withholding tax, of course, is a tax off the top. If an Irish company was to make a payment of $100 that would mean at a 20% withholding, $20 would have to be handed over to the Irish Revenue. So very significant. It's not a tax on profit. It's a tax on gross payments. In terms of the process, there is a consultation period with the Irish Department of Finance until the 8th of August 2023. We in Maples are involved in that process through various industry groups, We'll also be making our own submission. The legislation will then be published in the Irish Finance Act 2023 and will come into force on the 1st of January 2024. We've published, by the way, an industry update with a lot of detail and we're already talking with many clients in reviewing their existing structures. So let's dive straight in. Firstly, Will, can you give us a bit of background on this? Where did this proposed legislation come from?
1: Thanks, Andrew. Yes, the proposed legislation has its roots in certain commitments that Ireland gave to the European Commission. Those commitments were on foot of recommendations from the EU Commission that Ireland step up action to address features of its tax system that facilitate aggressive tax planning including on outbound payments. The recommendation went a little bit further and said that Ireland should bring into force legislation which applied withholding tax on outbound payments towards jurisdictions on the EU list of non-cooperative jurisdictions and zero-tax jurisdictions. It went further and said that the methods should include withholding taxes, on payments such as dividends, royalties and interest. In order now for Ireland to draw down certain funds under the EU COVID recovery scheme, Ireland has to implement these provisions by the end of this year, 2023. And therefore, although we are engaged in a consultation process, it seems highly likely that Ireland will implement some form of withholding tax on those three types of payments by the end of this year.
0: Okay, so right around the corner, of course, and doesn't give much time for people who are affected to react. Let's have a look at a couple of the definitions that are important to this. Firstly, Will, what's a zero-tax country?
1: So a zero-tax country is defined in the draft legislation as a country which imposes tax at a nominal rate, which is zero, and there are such jurisdictions, they have a tax system, but the tax system provides the corporation taxes at zero, or which do not impose any tax at all. Interestingly, in the consultation document, it says that the mere fact that a jurisdiction may not tax dividends because of a participation exemption Is not sufficient to bring that into that jurisdiction within the remit of zero tax jurisdiction. However, the actual drafting doesn't make that very clear. We think that there is a degree of change needed, firstly, in how the definition operates, because I think it needs to be much clearer to people as to whether or not a tax is a zero tax jurisdiction. But one of the additional points we will be making is whether or not it's correct for Irish revenue to be asking taxpayers to assess another country's tax jurisdiction. There probably is a better way for this to be done, a more certain way. And we would look, for example, to countries like Spain, where the Spanish Department of Finance publish a list annually, or, or, or at least it's supposed to be annually, of jurisdictions which are viewed as zero tax. And if you're on that list, then you're a zero tax. We think that's a good recommendation for the Irish Department of Finance to follow here, because it will remove any doubt as to whether or not a jurisdiction is or is not zero tax. So certainly that's a recommendation we'd be making.
0: Great. Okay. Well, let's continue to step through the draft legislation. Second important feature is that it would be a payment from an Irish entity, to an entity in a low tax jurisdiction. Again, Will, can you give us a bit of detail on that?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of different points I'd say here. The first is actually the draft legislation refers to a payment to or for the benefit of an entity which is in one of the specified jurisdictions. The concept of for the benefit of is unclear. It suggests that indirect payments could somehow be caught. So again, there's there's a question there as to why they're using that term. But I think the more central point and the point that's animating a lot of tax experts here in Ireland at the moment is that it refers to a payment to an entity. The way Ireland is defining an entity here is, of course, taking the normal company or legal person into account. So a payment to a company in their blacklisted jurisdiction will be caught. But the use of the term entity there suggests that these provisions are actually also applying to partnerships, partnerships which are formed under the law of a specified territory. And that's highly problematic for the very obvious reason that a lot of the jurisdictions that are zero tax, or indeed are on the EU list of non-cooperative jurisdictions, are common funds domicile, And many people will use partnerships in those jurisdictions. They're not doing it to avoid tax. They're doing it because those jurisdictions have a well-developed, sophisticated funds regime. And effectively, people like the partnership regime. So we think there is a big problem here in terms of how Irish the, the Irish legislation is seeking to define an entity. It seems to us to be contrary to the purpose of these overall provisions to try and impose withholding tax on payments to non-taxable entities, which are tax transparent, Tax will be paid. The ultimate beneficiaries are the partners in those partnerships, and it's at that level that one should assess whether or not there should be withholding. So we think there's there's a strong argument to be made there for that to be for the, for those provisions to be limited and indeed for the for the provisions not to apply to a partnership in many instances.
0: Yeah, look, it's an absolutely key point, isn't it, as we've been digesting this legislation, that partnerships in these low-tax jurisdictions are caught. As you say, the, the legislation, you know, is broad, uses the concept of a, an entity created in that jurisdiction, so absolutely covers a partnership governed by the law of that jurisdiction. And, you know, partnership is, of course, in most jurisdictions, legally and tax transparent. Set up in Ireland, a partnership in the UK, in the US, will generally not be a taxable entity. So no different to the partnership set up in the low-tax jurisdiction. But, of course, the partnership in the low-tax jurisdiction is penalized, as you say, by the by the new rules. I think final kind of technical piece will to touch on the again the the recipient in the low tax jurisdiction the final criteria is that it must be associated with the Irish payer. Can you Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, so so anyone following Irish tax over the last couple of years will realise that we have a number of association tests now. When Ireland introduced the anti-hybrid provisions, which were derived from the anti-tax avoidance directive, and introduced its interest limitation rules, in both instances, we brought about a test of association which is governed by consolidation. So it's a consolidation test primarily. Here, consolidation is not a feature. And the question is really one of control. Does the recipient over 50% of the votes, the shares, or the economics of the entity making the payment? That's the question. If it doesn't, then it shouldn't be associated. There is also a de facto control test here. Do you have control of the board of the Irish company, which is making the payment? So again, that would look at whether or not you have a majority of directors. Can you have a definite influence as the legislation describes it? on what the company does. So it's quite a broad test, but it is discernible and it is factually based in terms of the legal dynamic of the ownership of the entity. So so that's possible. It's a good, clear test. We think it's a bit rough around the edges, of course, and we think it could probably be improved, but it should be capable for people to discern relatively easily whether or not they have control of an Irish company and therefore are within scope of the pavilions.
0: Great, thanks for that, Will. Yeah, so I suppose a takeaway there is in a traditional multinational structure. how you know, a, a U.S. parent maybe investing into Ireland through a low tax jurisdiction. You probably do have that association between the low tax jurisdiction and the Irish subsidiary in a, you know, 100% controlled group. I think in the investment structures that we work on, where again U.S. investment manager. The fund vehicle is set up in a low-tax jurisdiction. The asset holding company is in Ireland, as you say. There's an analysis there as to whether that fund set up in the low-tax jurisdiction has the requisite control over the Irish asset holding company. OK, well, look, let's move on to the impact then of the legislation. We'll turn to dividends first. Ireland has a long-standing withholding tax on dividends. The rate is currently 25%. Fair to say that we have fairly broad exemptions based on the recipient being EU or treaty. I should also mention, by the way, that the Irish Regulated Fund, the um, ICAV, ICAV, is not subject to these new rules. So they can continue to make payments of dividends up to their investors, regardless of their location, without withholding tax. But moving back to the regular Irish company, Will, will you tell us how the new proposals would impact the existing exemptions for dividends?
1: Yeah, of course. I think it's important to
0: highlight that Ireland is a very
1: active and excellent startup regime for Irish tech companies. And there have been several unicorns that have come from the Irish indigenous tech space over recent years. One of the features of that space is that they're very good at attracting capital from foreign investments. And a common way to do that is to form a company. The various investors will then come into that company, which could be based anywhere. It does not need to be in a treaty country. And that will then funnel its investment into. the the Irish company, that takes advantage of an existing provision in the Irish dividend withholding tax regime, which says a company resident anywhere but controlled by good people, people in treaty countries, is entitled to be paid gross. Now, if I've seen that once, I've seen that a thousand times over recent years. The reason people do it is nothing to do with avoiding tax. It's to do with avoiding dividend reclaims. If you have 25 investors, each of whom makes an investment in an Irish company, that's fine but each of them would need to file a dividend reclaim uh, or a dividend exemption form. So there's a lot of paperwork associated with it. The dividend exemption, which provides that a company controlled by good people is exempt, simplifies the procedure entirely. So it's literally a simplification procedure. There's no tax avoidance going on here. That will no longer work based on the draft legislation. And that is a priority issue for the Irish HECC and growth company, universe at the moment. And it's something that they're pointing out is a preposterous result. If if the effect of this anti-avoidance legislation is A, to hit entities that are not actually avoiding any tax, but B, could restrict the ability of foreign investors to invest in Irish growth companies, that can't be right. So we do think there will be a lot of representations made on that particular point. You know, a reasonable exemption here would be to say that provided the recipient company pays out the money within a, a short period of time, or provided the recipient company is controlled by good people, then the absence of a tax avoidance motive here must be to their benefit. So I, I do expect a lot of representations on that point. It's a real priority issue.
0: Yeah, agree with that. Okay, we'll move on now to the next type of payment subject to these new withholding measures, and that's royalties. Uh, Fair to say that this is probably where people had focused, given a lot of uh, attention to IP in the context of the OECD BEPS project generally, the way that IP is held and the way that IP is now held. Yeah, again, will you you give us some detail on on what's proposed vis-a-vis royalties?
1: Yeah, so I suppose by way of background, the issue of royalties has been a long-running one. And you know, traditionally, there was a lot of excitement about where royalties were leaving Europe, perhaps going to a low tax, so zero tax jurisdiction, and then being held offshore outside the US to avoid US um, taxation. So that, that was a big issue right through the last decade. That issue has largely resolved itself because, uh, as we can see from the Irish uh, reports on this, the vast majority of Irish royalty payments or payments for licensing or payments for IP are now going straight back to either the US or to another European jurisdiction. Nonetheless, the commitment was given to clamp down on royalty payments, and, and that's what we're seeing. I think it's a case that the horse and the stable are very much disconnected now. This is a solution to a problem that no longer exists uh, in, in the mainstream of, of corporate tax. Nonetheless. Let's look at what they've said. They've taken an incredibly wide definition of royalty. It's a payment of any kind for the use of commercial information, trademarks, copyright. So a non-recurring payment, such as you might enter into if you actually just buy some IP, is now within the scope of these provisions. We don't think that the definition is the correct starting point here. We think it has to be much more restrictive and should be limited to just annual recurring payments. They should be the only things within its scope. Those annual recurring payments can, of course, then be made subject to an annual withholding tax. Uh, and that would be a, a logical position for the legislation to end up in. But again, I, I suspect it's a drafting point that a lot of people will pay attention to, that one would hope, and we'll see this probably by mid-October when the finance bill is released, One would hope that the worst excesses of this can be remedied.
0: Yeah, and and you make a good point vis-a-vis the U.S. tax reform that largely um, eliminated that um, strategy in the U.S. of holding money outside the U.S. and, and avoiding repatriating it to the U.S., My understanding is that is now largely, if not completely gone, given the change in legislation during the Trump administration. And a related point then is that commentators with regard to this new legislation have said, you know, again, it's it's really at odds with the principle of the new global minimum tax. So the OECD Pillar 2 rules, and indeed within the European Union, the EU Global Minimum Tax Directive, which will tax large companies on their profits were ever rising. So again, the question of, I suppose, holding money within a low-tax jurisdiction for tax avoidance purposes has certainly gone away to the extent the global minimum tax measures apply. Moving on finally then to interest and the withholding on interest. Again, Ireland does operate a withholding tax on interest and has done for a very, very long time. Again, very significant given the amount of investment flowing through Ireland. We have certain withholding tax exemptions in Ireland at the moment. Notable, by the way, that many other countries don't have withholding tax on interest at all, including, incidentally, big jurisdictions like Germany. So (laughs) already Ireland is, I suppose, a good citizen in terms of having that withholding tax there. But Will, will you fill us in on how the new measures will, I suppose, bring in additional withholding taxes on interest payments?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, interest withholding tax is a large portion of any decent tax lawyer's job in Ireland. And, and we have a huge range of exemptions, particularly in the capital market space. To be very blunt, what this legislation does is it turns them all off. And it says if you're within scope, you're paying to an associated entity, you're paying interest, and that associated entity is is in a in a, one of the specified jurisdictions, you have to apply withholding tax. So it's a wind sledgehammer if it applies. I think the more interesting question is, how does it apply in specific cases? And I think uh, let's firstly perhaps look at the capital markets area. Ireland is where the bulk of EU CLOs are based. We don't think they'll be impacted. And that's quite simply because they're typically held as bankruptcy remote entities. So the shares and the votes don't subsist with no holders. So we think they're probably all right. We do think though that the legislation needs to be adapted, especially in the capital market space. Those notes are typically held in the clearing system and are listed or of in in tax parlance. And Rating agencies and counterparties need to be very sure at the very outset that there's no risk of withholding tax. So what we'd like to see is the test as to whether or not somebody should levy withholding tax. That should be measured at the outset. It shouldn't be an ongoing test which would require them to monitor ownership of the notes. And we think there's good grounds for hoping that will happen. That is certainly the case in terms of other Irish tax rules. is tested at the outset. At the time you issued the notes, did you believe that they were held by somebody who was not entitled to the exemption or who wasn't subject to tax? So we'd like to see that being imported here, because we think we should be able to give people a lot of comfort on the Irish withholding tax regime in the capital markets in the capital markets
0: position. Thanks, Will. Yeah, look, certainly a lot there. I would also reference the Irish securitization legislation, Section 110, which had Significant changes made over 10 years ago to prevent so-called double non-taxation. Ireland was really ahead of its time, you know, before the BEPS project and amended the rules around tax deductibility within that Irish securitization vehicle where it was paying certain low tax or zero tax jurisdictions. But done in a very measured and thoughtful way. Again, this legislation, I suppose, doesn't seem on its face as yet to have brought in many of the kind of technical aspects, I suppose, that that are found in that legislation. The other point I'd make is, you know, we've seen already some very anomalous uh, results by this new measure on, on interest withholding including cases where you have a double tier of Irish companies with a partnership in a zero tax jurisdiction between the two. And that seems to be caught by these new rules, even though, of course, it's in tax terms, a payment from one Irish company to another. So, look, that's been a very good, if quick, run through of these new measures. As I said earlier, we, we have considerable technical detail in our industry update. Please reach out to myself or Will. Our email addresses are on our website, maples.com. Will, any final comments before we finish up?
1: No, I, I, I suppose the one thing to say is just the speed here is important. The consultation will run until the 8th of August. We would expect then there will be a period of further consultation with industry groups here in Ireland. The first draft of the final proposed legislation should come out in October, middle of October, as part of the Irish Finance Bill. That will then undergo parliamentary scrutiny and it's likely it'll be enacted by mid-December of 23. So there's not an awful lot of time to respond and to consider the impact. I expect this will be the first of many discussions you and I will be having on it, it, Andrew, and I expect we'll have further updates as the project develops. Great.
0: Thanks, Will. Yeah, look, that's the message to international investors and companies that use Ireland in their structures. Have a look at your structure and get involved in the consultation process with that thank you very much to will and thank you to all of you out there for joining us please keep an eye on our website and wherever you get your podcasts for our next tax and coffee podcast and with that talk to you soon bye for now